0: Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an awful camera you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you
1: understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. The revolution is not a social dinner, a literary event, a drawing, or an embroidery. It cannot be done with... Elegance and courtesy, the revolution is an act of violence. Mel
0: Hello, <laughs> and welcome to Film Church Radio, the podcast that treats cinema like a religion, as it should be. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. And I'm Lewis. And we are here to talk about movies. This is the sixth and a special series of episodes where we are going through the filmography of Sergio Leone. Normally each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. But for the next few episodes, it's all about Leone. And for the last few episodes, it's all been about Leone. Uh, we're in the middle of a Leone sandwich right now. That's right. <laughs> we're at the end of it.
1: So Sandy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so today we're talking about Duck, you sucker. 1971, a.k.a. A Fistful of Dynamite, a.k.a. Once Upon a Time, The Revolution, a.k.a. teste," which also means keep your head down or get out of the way. <laughs> this film stars Rod Steiger, uh, James Coburn, and of course directed by Sergio Leone. Um, this film is all kinds of whack. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in the biography about this film, Uh, the biography on Sergio Leone written by Christopher Frayling that I've been going through. And uh, we'll get into that as we get into the episode. But for now, we want to say thank you to everybody that has been listening to the show. It's in full swing now. It's been like six months. Lewis and I have been doing this uh, every Sunday and slowly starting to get a congregation of Film Church people together, so we want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening. Um, Subscribe to the show, hit the bell so you get notified, and you can follow us on all the social medias at Film Church Radio, and of course, if you feel so inclined, give us a review, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. So, before we get into this movie, we always talk about what we've been watching this week, just to kind of catch up see what our how our film journey is going and um lewis what have you been watching
1: it's been a bit of a eclectic week this week so i know that we talked last week and i said i was about halfway through bergman island um which i finished just after we finished recording um and i I really enjoyed it again it's on hulu um about uh, two directors that are married that go to um ingmar bergman's kind of retreat on this island um and just kind of I don't know, just like work on their projects, which I found really entertaining. Um, As, you know, a film buff and someone who wants to live like that, (laughs) it was great to see other people (laughs) like living the dream. You know, there was like, oh, we're going to watch this film tonight in the screening room. I've got to go and give a lecture on this film tonight. And it's just like, I got this is perfect. Um, So after I watched that, I was like, I've got to watch some Bergman. So I watched Persona. Um, There's a lot of Bergman that I haven't watched a lot of Bergman that I haven't watched so I own the, yeah. the box set so I went with the the most popular on Letterboxd just to kind of okay. you know go in and kind of be like okay show me what you've got to offer and Persona is incredible um, yeah yeah so it tells the story of a uh, an actress who loses a voice and gets paired with a nurse um, and this nurse kind of is looking after her um, but it starts in a very unconventional way it's kind of chopped together of a lot of images that are quite off putting and kind of a bit weird and like surreal. Um, and then it kind of gets into the story and there's like all the way through, it seems to weave between like a dream reality, dream reality, you know? Um, and it's just mesmerizing. I sat the whole time, it's like, I can't believe what I'm watching. This is to say how simple it was, you know, it's, it's very gripping and kind of takes you with it. Um, and I just can't wait to watch more. So um, I think that this is a good indication of what's to come, especially since so yeah. many people loved it. And he made so many films. Um, so there's a lot to kind of get your teeth into. And I know he yeah. kind of, it wasn't um just one genre. There was a lot of different things that he kind of turned his hand to. Yeah. You know, in the in the Bergman Island they they talk a, a little bit about film, they're like, Oh, is that the one where the 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 killer like kills him with a rock like smacks him over the head but i was like i want to see that that sounds really interesting you know just from that yeah you know so i'm excited to watch more and i know that in my uh in a review of the year i said my goal for this year was to deep dive into a director um i've been doing it with kurosawa but maybe bergman towards the yeah. end is kind of the second half of the year i don't know um and then i watched naked with david thewlis um a british film um which uh, which is kind of, it set me up for this a little bit because it tells the story of um, like a guy who, who's very into kind of conspiracy and like the end of the world is coming and he's kind of reading the Bible a lot, directed by Mike Lee, the great British director, Mike Lee. Um, and it kind of starts with him um, sexually assaulting a woman. Okay. So we already know what kind of character he is. Um, yeah. But david Thewlis is so enigmatic and like plays his character so well that you kind of get swept along with him and he's just on this like odyssey across london at night you know just figuring out kind of what's happening and it's just it's it's really good um yeah it's hard to watch at times but you know it's very david Thewlis's performance is just one of the best i've seen this year sweet um so one of the criterions that I bought, so now that's tucked away on the shelf comfortably. Um, and then it was date night, so we watched The Lost City, which had just come onto Paramount Plus onto streaming for free. Yeah, um, with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It's yeah, I've been wanting to watch it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I think that Sandra Bullock is a really good comedian. Um, yeah, as I'm- is Channing Tatum. Daniel Radcliffe is Daniel Radcliffe. You know, he's kind of. Um, <laughs> A little bit awkward, a little bit um, high-pitched and, like, you know, excitable. Um, but he works. And it's yeah. just, you know, it's it's ridiculous in the best possible way. Um, not earth-shattering or anything like that, but a good way to spend a few hours, you know. Yeah. I think the my caliber of films like that is if I'm, like, checking my watch, if I'm rolling my eyes a lot, I'm like, okay, I'm not enjoying this. But right, with that, I was yeah. like, oh, this is fun, you know. There was a few... I laughed out loud a few times, so that's always a good indication. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good yeah, I mean, popcorn that's movie.
0: Not, yeah, that's what, that's what I would expect. That's what it kind of looked like. And, you know, we haven't had, t- I don't know, it feels like we haven't had too many of those lately.
1: Yeah, just like a good adult comedy. You know, I was saying to Chelsea, yeah. the last one I feel like we've had, which wasn't really adult, was like the reboot of Jumanji. That was the last comedy mm-hmm. that I was like, yeah. wow, that was better than I thought it was. You
0: know? Yeah, exactly. With with
1: like some star power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? Um yeah. so I mean it I think it did really well. It seemed to be in the cinema a lot and came out after Spider Man when there was not much else there. So I yeah. think um I mean hopefully it did well enough that studios will start putting money into more of these films because they're really good. Yeah. You know, if I see them on Alamo's app, I'm like, me and Chelsea are gonna go and see that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that Sweet. was that. Apart from yeah, Duck You Sucker, that was that was what I watched this week. <laughs> what about you, my friend? Oh. Um,
0: so I did a watch of all the Blade movies. I saw that. Yeah. Um, which I hadn't seen any of them before. Um, I, you know, you and I the last couple of weeks we like like I watched Daredevil two thousand three, and then you watched like X Men two thousand. <laughs> So now I've gone back even further to Blade 1998, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which I guess is kind of one of the first like big budget Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, but there's no like Marvel logo on it or anything like that. Um, it's got, you know, Stan Lee's name on it and stuff. Yeah. But um,
1: like, have you seen the Blade, any of the Blade movies? So I've seen Blade 2 when I was very young oh uh, okay. okay um interesting yeah i bought it like secondhand from i think it was blockbuster and yeah. blockbuster was going out of business um yeah real cheap um and i can remember watching it and just being terrified and not really knowing what yeah. was going on because i was far too yeah. young. Um, yeah well that makes sense <laughs> but i do want to rewatch them
0: like i do want to well, watch them blade 2 is directed by guillermo del toro
1: how did i not know that i don't know
0: i didn't know it either
1: that pause (laughs) was me searching my brain to be like did i know that because i feel like that's the kind of fact that i would know
0: (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah i mean same um that's crazy yeah Uh, and uh the first one like i was a file
1: from like six i was like oh del toro directed this one this is the one i want to buy
0: (laughs) yeah um and ron perlman's in it too of course he is. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um and there's like lots of little, you know, little hints of Guillermo there. Um and uh you know, you can kind of see you can kind of see what's coming next. Yeah. Um as far as the stylized like costumes and 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 special effects and stuff like that. But um and the first one was really good too. Like I was I was really surprised. Yeah. Like for an action superhero film made in 1998. It did. It 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 didn't feel um, dated. You know That's what I mean? There's like yeah. a couple of things that kind of dated it, like computer graphics. Like <laughs> not not computer graphics as far as the CGI. I mean, some of the CGI is, I mean, you know, it's mm. it's dated or whatever. But but not even that. It was mainly just like computers that people use and stuff like that that yeah. dated the movie. But like besides that, like the action is really good. Mm. Like the gore, like it's a rated R. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about this. It's like it's it's Marvel's first like big budget movie, rated R. Black superhero. Yeah, and it's rad. Yeah, it it is really good. Um, like the action is really good. It, it's a really fun movie. Um, but what I loved about it so much was how gory it was because oh, they yeah. would they would do like, yeah, just really gross. Stuff like stuff that you would see in like a Sam Raimi movie, That's you know, awesome. like just over the top gore where you're like, What the <laughs> fuck just happened? Um, and it just, yeah, it just kept me really into it. And then the second one was kind of a continuation of that, like so, felt the same tone, same style, action was still really good. Third one, it wasn't like terrible, but it definitely seemed like they we're trying to be all the other action superhero movies that had started to come out. Yeah. So, it wasn't like all that gory stuff was gone. Um, more
1: family friendly.
0: Not really more family friendly because it's still rated R. Oh, cool. But Ryan Reynolds is in it. Oh. <laughs> um, and he's not terrible, but it's just like it's Ryan it's Ryan Reynolds being yeah. Ryan Reynolds, you know. And yeah. it, it it doesn't really it didn't really fit. As far as, you know, what was the other yeah. two movies were. Um, right. Jessica Biel's also in it. Um, oh, I like Jessica Biel. Natasha uh, Leone, is that how you say her name? mm mm-hmm. um, She's in it. Patton Oswalt is in it randomly. <laughs> like, it's just like a weird, like... I feel like, like
1: it's not an obscure superhero film until you get Patton Oswalt or Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of, the, yeah. one of the two. Uh-huh. Um. um I've just added Blade One and Two to my watch list on Letterboxd. So, oh sweet! Um, well, they're all all three myself. of
0: them are on Netflix until nice. the end of May.
1: Cool. I might watch Twenty Twenty Two after this.
0: Yeah, it, nice. it was it was fun. Um, it reminded me a lot of what you said about RoboCop, which I haven't watched yet. Yeah, RoboCop. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Then after that, um, we watched Lucy and Desi, the oh, new yeah. documentary that came out. Have you seen it? I have, yeah. Uh, Amy Poehler directed mm-hmm. it. Man, it was so good. Yeah, I think such a good.
1: I really enjoyed. It. I think the thing that again diminished because I just I live and breathe TCM. I absolutely love TCM. Yeah, um, and they did a series of podcasts about Lucy, and basically from birth. I think it's like ten episode series from birth until death. You know about everything. Yeah. So I'd listened to that, and then I went into this. And it was great to kind of see it because like there was parts that they would obviously describe, but to see it was really great. But I wasn't like, you know, which kind of,
0: yeah, there were a few moments for me because I remember like watching I Love Lucy as a kid and really loving the show. And then I think I watched a documentary as a kid about Lucy and Desi Mm -hmm. and, um, when I found out that they got divorced, I was, like, devastated. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was, it's like, heartbreaking. Childhood trauma for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, and then in this documentary, not to give anything away, but, like, when you hear Desi, like, speak about her, especially, like, the award ceremony towards the end, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, heartbreaking. I know. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, it really is. But And it's just, like, the... I mean, and it's crazy to, like, learn, like, oh, that show was, like, short-lived yeah i mean it was like five years or something yeah and just the impact that they had i mean they did a lot of other stuff to impact cinema and film history but like but just like the the you know what they're known for i love lucy was Mm. just like you know the span of five years and and in five years they went from starting the show to five years later buying out rko insane which is just like holy crap
1: and then when you remove yourself even more and you're like that's a female and a minority yeah exactly yeah all
0: the all the stuff they did for yeah those demographics is like
1: yeah i know that you know it's cliche to be like they changed cinema forever but they they definitely changed tv forever i mean the tv shows we have now sitcoms especially Mm -hmm. a film the way they are that multi-camera live audience because of i love lucy yeah you know we would have caught up but they did it first and they did it for a reason you know it wasn't and they were uh, the best yeah it's like i don't
0: you know it's like is it it, can you top i love lucy
1: probably not you watch those clips and it's still incredible yeah you know the the um the grapes where she's trying to crush the grapes and the, yeah. you know, just all of it. It's just so it's her physical comedy. It's I love physical mm-hmm. comedy. Hence why And I didn't know Keaton. she was like, she, I didn't know she was like, she knew Buster Keaton.
0: I was like, yeah. I wanted to learn more about that. I was like, what? That's crazy.
1: Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, I think Lucy's a really, I don't never she, she never got a do in Hollywood. I don't think her, yeah. Her like dramatic acting is really, really interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe we should pick one of those later after the later yeah. series is over. Maybe so.
0: I would be really interested to see some of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's everything this week.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that's a, a good mixture from all of us. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. Also, if you guys want to listen to our Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness review, it's on YouTube, uh, Film Church Radio YouTube channel. Uh, I'll put a link in the description, but um we just kind of talk about our thoughts on the movie so
1: yeah spoiler heavy so if you haven't seen yes. it don't go and check it out until you've seen it or yeah. you can just play it on mute you know yeah helps the views just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just stare at the logo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
0: my gosh. um but now the moment you've all been waiting for duck you sucker 1971 um The sixth Sergio Leone film. The IMDb summary is a low-life bandit and an IRA explosive expert rebel against the government and become heroes of the Mexican Revolution. Um. (laughs) I don't know if that's exactly what happens. (laughs) We can debate that. When you boil Uh, it down, I guess that's what they're going for. Um define hero <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's they not kill one. some people
1: yeah um, i'm sure we'll get onto that i just want to before we start i just want to say the the thing that surprised me with this Le- leone watch is how quickly these films come out
0: because i yeah. think
1: of kubrick and i think of like the six seven eight plus years between films especially towards yeah. the end where he's getting the thing he wanted to do is making it these are like a year, two years apart. And yeah. then we've got one left. I'm like, you know, Colossus of Rhodes was 61. This is ten years later, and this is mm-hmm. the sick film. It's like it's so fast. Yeah.
0: He churns them out. Yeah, yeah. He has this he has this really quick body of work and then a gap. And mm-hmm. then Once Upon a Time in America in nineteen eighty four. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh it's kind of crazy. It's uh, you know, I'm. He was probably just riding the wave of his success. I would assume. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. So from I've been reading the biography. Yeah. And the the chapter on this movie is really interesting because Christopher Frayling, like, he does his research. Like, he interviews everybody, he talks to everybody. But you get like, there's so many perspectives yeah. on on this film and how it was made and what people thought about it so he, he kind of just gives you everybody's story and you kind of have to decide for yourself yeah. what you think is true and what's and it's, not true
1: yeah that's the best kind of biography i mean there's so many biographies that i've read where they've tried to lead you one way but yeah. i like it when they make you like let you made up your mind and i don't think i realized just how important frailing is to the study of Leone until we started mm-hmm. watching these films and so many people are like he wrote the definitive biography like it's a bible for leone fans like this is yeah the book to read so i'm surprised yeah. that it's gonna print honestly because you know leone is yeah. so well thought of um but i mean i don't yeah. think we understood just how incredible that find was
0: oh yeah yeah me finding it, it yeah yeah
1: um
0: I lucked out for sure.
1: Because everywhere, he's I'm, everywhere. Every special feature is yeah, failing. Mm-hmm, like yep, like, there's yep. nobody else that can talk about Leonie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Which is sell us up well for a podcast on Leonie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody else can talk about Leonie. Apart nobody. from us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, there's definitely a, a lot in this book. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm getting fragments Almost, I guess, you know, I'm trying to take it all in, but it's so much stuff. It literally is like a Bible. But from what I can gather on how this film got made is Italy was in a film boom because of Leone. Like he, you know, had created the dollars trilogy. And then once upon a time in the West, um, all of his films were insanely popular over there. And they were making hundreds of films in Italy. Um, and so there was like a high demand for Leone-esque films. Yeah. Um, there had even been an Italian actor who called himself Clint Westwood (laughs) (laughs) and a spaghetti hero named Sam Wallach. Um, but. From what I can gather, this film was kind of supposed to be the start of his producing career. Like he would, he had already been wanting to make Once Upon a Time in America. He was, yeah. he was trying to get away from the Western for so long. Um, but because of this film boom, because of, uh, you know, like all the, all the, the film people and producers that he was talking to, they wanted to cash in on this you know, enterprise. Yeah. Um, and to have the Leone name on a film would, you know, would be the biggest cash in cause that's what people wanted. They wanted a Leone esque film. Um, so he was going to, to start producing some films while also trying to get his once upon a time in America made. Um, so he was supposed to produce duck, you sucker. Um, and, He was in talks with, like, several different directors. Um, Peter Bogdanovich, at one point, was supposed to direct this film. And came to Italy and started working on a script and then gave, like, 12 pages to Leone, and then he, like, hated it. (laughs) And, quote, unquote, fired him. But... Like there's lots of stuff in the book about like what Leone said and what Bogdanovich said. You know they both contradict each other. Yeah. Um, Bogdanovich was kind of, uh, he his thought was that Leone wanted to direct the film himself, and so was you know was going to like push back on every single person until the until he was like I guess I'll have to direct this. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, so like, here's a quote from Bogdanovich. He says, Actually, Sergio wanted me to believe he was a great director, he didn't believe it, which is perhaps why it was so important that those who worked for him did. Um, which you know, it kind of sounds like maybe Leone had, you know, with. You know, not just from this quote, but other stuff that I was reading in the book. Yeah, Leone had, like, he got really famous, yeah, really fast. Like you said, he made these films really quickly, and then he just shot to fame. I mean he he was doing press and all you know all over the place. People in America were talking about him. You know, he shot Clint Eastwood to start him, and um, I think <sighs> it it took. It, it kind of seems like, you know, I'm reading into it, but it kind of seems like it, it it overwhelmed him a bit to the point yeah. where, you know, everybody's calling him a genius, but he doesn't even quite understand why.
1: It sounds like imposter syndrome to me. It just Yeah, exactly. You know, he just doesn't mm. believe that he belongs there. Because I know that a lot of the times that we've been watching these films, you know, a lot of the facts that we found have been like, he took this from American films or he took this from... Films that he loved as a kid, so I'm sure, you know, to kind of not plagiarize, but to to borrow so heavily from other people and then be touted as, you know, a, a visionary, something that we haven't seen before, must be very like, you know, what, you know, yeah, <laughs> like I'm I'm just yeah. taking from what I know, you know, I'm I'm doing the things I've already seen, but just mm-hmm. in a in a different way. I don't, you know, it's. It's, and I think that again, this film, there is a lot of stuff that we've seen in other Leone films, yeah, that he's doing again, yeah. And I am not saying that he doesn't deserve the pundits because he obviously does. I mean, the films we've seen have been incredible, but you know, it's not, it's it is a similar thing again, yeah. Um, um, and I wonder he, if that like bleeds into it. Sorry to interrupt, but like, like he feels comfortable making these films, so maybe the whole like, fine, I'll do it. I guess. Like mm-hmm. it's him doing another Western because he's like, Okay, I know I can do this. You know, I know that Right. You know, if I do this film he's not gonna let people down if I went and did my Jewish prohibition mm-hmm. American film, you know.
0: Yeah. Well I think too he uh he got to a point where he You know, maybe when they were in talks to to start this film and he was just going to produce, he didn't have any personal connection to it. But then as the script developed and as he got more into the story, he was like, oh, there is something that I personally want to say here. Um, Yeah. And then and then he was able to do it. But I mean, he was he was offered like The Godfather to direct The Godfather, which would have been a totally different movie, I'm sure. Yeah. Um would have been interesting to see, but it I don't I don't know. I mean The Godfather is like my favorite film, so I'm it might it probably wouldn't be my favorite film if Sergio had <laughs> directed yeah. it, even though I love Sergio, you know, it's like yeah. um would have been interesting to see all the quick cuts and
1: zooms. <laughs> <laughs> Just real tight on Marlon Brando's face. Uh-huh. <laughs> the whole film. <song>. Right. <laughs>
0: um but and and then at one point he even said that he his dream was to remake
1: gone with the wind okay uh, yeah i saw this in the notes and i was like there was i think there's a point go, in this movie where it goes full gone with the wind um what what point and it's it's towards the end it's when um john has saved one and we see the the train is about to leave the station, and we get that big crane sweeping shot where they, uh-huh. they're killing everybody in the ditches. Yeah, And you think it's yeah. just one, and then yeah. it's two, and then it's four, and then yeah. it's like this whole town behind. Mm-hmm. And it's very reminiscent of the scene in, I mean, the most famous scene in Gone with the Wind where um, Vivian Lee comes out, and it kind of, it just pans back, and there's just like thousands of people, like yeah. wounded soldiers kind of... Um, like, yeah sorry, he was back and back and back
0: yeah he very much wanted to just do bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger every film that he did he couldn't go backwards <laughs> i mean you there can was, say it
1: with this it's just
0: there was a producer who was like why don't you just like do like a nice little black and white italian film that's set in one room and he's like what are you talking about <laughs> no <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, why
1: would i do that
0: bigger um so that, that does make sense. Like When I first heard that, I was like, maybe he's just saying that as like, you know, that's what people want to hear, you know, when he's like yeah. being interviewed because people would find it interesting. But I could see why he would want to do something like that, because it's like one of the biggest films and biggest productions ever. Yeah. You know,
1: I mean, even the I mean, that that film, like it, it kind of when you're reading about Hollywood history, it eclipses the year before 39 and the year after 39. Just because mm-hmm. of how, like, there was, you know, every actress wanted to play Scarlet O'Hara. You know, there was like a a nationwide casting call, um, and then it went on a road show, and it was on a road show for like years. It was like going to different cities and playing, and like in its full cut. You know, it it yeah it it was the turning point. It was the film. Yeah. Um. But like you said, with the wanting to go bigger and bigger and bigger. Um. I know. I think we talked about it on the last show. Just, it's like him playing with toys in a sandbox. And this is like, he's found some firecrackers for these Mm -hmm. toys in the sandbox. And it's going, it's just, it is increasing every time. It's bigger, it's louder. You know, there's more set pieces that get destroyed. You know, you think about um, A Fistful of Dollars just set in that one strip of sandy town. And now we've got trains Exploding into each other, we've got mountainsides being blown up. We've got thousands of people being murdered. Yeah, you know it's it's so incredible the the difference between these two.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting. Like I almost wish that he like that he had done some kind of smaller, intimate film. Yeah, because I do really like when he does flashbacks because mm-hmm. they're just real simple, like one shot and and he's like telling a whole story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um but Fistful of Dollars is probably the the most smallest. Yeah. I mean obviously this the smallest one we're going to get cuz he's mm-hmm. no longer with us but um but yeah, it uh so let's talk about the movie. Okay. All right. So the opening of the film <laughs> is the quote that you quoted at the beginning. Where basically saying the re- revolution is not you know this fancy dinner; it's yeah. it's an act of violence. It's blood and sweat w- and tears, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we came to the meaning of like the good and the bad and the ugly, which is also you know has this war going on in the background. Yeah. It's like there's not really a point to it; it's just ugly. Yeah. Um. But you know, so that was like the first thing that I was thinking when the movie started, but. Uh. Yeah, I I I have all kinds of thoughts about like the opening of this film because it's it feels like a totally different movie in the beginning. Mhm. Like it's going somewhere else. Like it opens with Rod Steiger peeing on the anthill. <laughs> like I rewatched the beginning, you can see like the silhouette of his like <laughs> dangling oh. and like <laughs> <laughs> i shaking it off. Uh, I mean, it might not have been his real dingling. I, I would hope it wasn't, but <laughs> <laughs> just had a hot dog.
1: Yeah, just a prop.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and then he sees this carriage coming in, and then he he goes down and he, like, begs for a ride. And if you go back and watch that that scene where he's, like, begging for a ride, he looks like a totally different person, Rod Steiger, mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Like, like, the way that he's... Because he's acting like he's a beggar instead of like his actual character in the movie. He's not yeah. he's it it like almost seems like he's not acting like it's his character begging. He's just acting like a different character. Yeah. Um which is it's kind of crazy. Like I, f- I feel like you know before we get into like the story, I feel like Rod Steiger is a really really good actor. Yes. But I I I could not get over the brown face like I, I just couldn't like i couldn't like the whole time I, I like i thought he was really good but the whole time i was just like you're not yeah, why? Mexican, yeah <laughs> you're not
1: mexican yeah um, i think out of the films we've watched so far this has been the one that has aged the worst
0: uh-huh. i think there's yeah.
1: certain beats in this film that i was like okay i'm not into cancel like you know, obviously, cancel culture exists for a reason and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I can still watch things from... Like, I've watched a lot of old Hollywood films with a lot of, like, not great things in there. Um, But there's certain things in this film like, I was like, I just can't like this character anymore. And unfortunately yeah. for the Rod mm-hmm. Steiger character, it happens 15 minutes into this movie. Yeah, it's, like, right away. And yeah. the whole film, I'm um, just like, I just can't... I can't get yeah, on board exactly. with you. Like, Same. I don't care. Yeah. I,
0: I think if and and james coburn was great as well mm-hmm. but i think that you know there it, it just it just messes the whole like you said it, yeah. it doesn't age well it messes the whole movie up if you had an actual a uh, mexican actor playing the character and an actual irishman playing the other character yeah this film would mean so much now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well, and on top of like taking the rape scene out, you would have had to do that too yeah. <laughs> because there's no way to like that character, but yeah, it just, it, it just, it, it, I almost want to love this movie, but then there's just, but then I just can't get over some parts of it. So, yeah, um, a few things just about the film from, from my, from what I saw, uh, was like the the opening sequence, like I love the whole opening, the whole opening of this movie. He gets in the carriage. Yeah. All the rich people are in there making fun of him and like looking down on him and there's all these close-ups of them eating and stuff. It reminded me of Tarantino. hmm Just like, yeah. but like, the most Tarantino Tarantino you've ever seen. <laughs> Cause it's just like nothing but close up shots yeah. of people's eyes and their mouths eating the whole time and just smacking and stuff. Um, which Tarantino does, but he'll do it tastefully. Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And this was like, we're gonna really make you disgusted.
1: Well that's what Which I, I was. That's what, what I was gonna say. I think that you know, this kind of scene, you know, the the car the, the people in the in the carriage obviously horrible and you can't you know when they're talking about him and kind of saying derogatory things you just can't you're like this is despicable i can't believe they're saying this yeah but then the film seems to lean into those and is like everything you said about me is true and i'm the person you thought i was yeah and i'm just mm-hmm. i'm like why go that way like tarantino just yeah. like i think of inglorious bastards just like how he handles a lot of the scenes with um I forget the, the general's name. Um, oh, my gosh. Christoph Waltz's character. Yeah. And okay. how he treats, you know, Jewish people and other people especially. And just how you grow to loathe that character so yeah. much. You know, the scene with the pie and the cream mm-hmm, especially. Yeah. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's not like any of those things that he was saying were then justified by the character doing exactly what he said. Whereas this, sounds like why you had such an opportunity for us to be like rooting for this character to just get his you know i don't know to i don't just be appreciated or allowed to live i guess without being looked down on and instead they just go the complete opposite way and he's like Mm -hmm. here are all my sons and they have all different mothers and you're going to be a mother and it's just like uh, i'm out Like yeah yeah
0: well and then too it's like okay why and so yeah it's like why you why is this scene here yeah you know why why is there why is there this scene where he presumed like we don't see him rape the woman but we we get pretty close to it Mm. you know uh and and they're in this arena that looks like the you know the arena from good bad and the ugly um and it's like okay so it is sergio leone at the beginning of this film like it opens with the guy pissing on the ant farm yeah is he like pissing on his films
1: i mean potentially i mean <laughs> it's i mean it's i feel i don't know how to say this problem. i feel that We've had an anti-hero, and we've talked about anti-heroes in these films, how none of these characters are, like, you know, good. You know, the good and bad and the ugly yeah. should have been the ugly, the ugly, the ugly. We've said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is just that he's taken that one step too far. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not killing kids, but he is doing pretty much everything but. Yeah. You know? and then, Yeah. And it, it's just, I understand... You know, people are messy and people aren't necessarily good and evil. Um but there are certain things that a good person would never exactly. do.
0: Yeah, it's like you can't like no matter because the film is almost like trying to redeem this character of Juan throughout yeah. the story, right? He like he actually has like a character change through the film, which a lot of Leone's characters don't. You know, they're just that yeah. character, but you just, you know, I can't get on board with it. Like, like, yeah. how do you get on board with a rapist? Like, you exactly. Can't, I feel a know. lot of
1: the stuff that he does as well is just unnecessary. Like, I think on the train with the conductor, where he just like kicks him out of a moving train. I'm like, uh-huh. that is just so unnecessary like that's just unnecessarily like rude. Know, exactly. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> like, you know, what if that guy had a family? You know, he's just trying <laughs> to make ends meet. You know, <laughs> he's working during a revolution. Just give him a minute, yeah. you know. <laughs> um,
0: um but okay, like there there are like certain parts of this movie that are like this movie is just whack. Like, like again. Like he's about to rape this woman and then all of a sudden it cuts to like this man's ass with his like clothes getting ripped off and it's like what the fuck? Know, yeah. <laughs> Um It was a great cut, you know, yeah. but I wish it was like a different scene. <laughs> yeah. Um but like um what was I gonna say? Like I don't know, there's 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 still a lot of really cool stuff like a lot of stuff to love, like the characters, like all the great stuff about Leone is still here. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like that the character, the characters are are really great. Um, The, uh, you know, when um, John shows up on the motorbike and then, you know, is demonstrating all the dynamite. Yeah. And then Juan sees like the, the National Bank, sign over his head like i loved that like that was that that felt very like tarantino as like you can tell like the parts that tarantino took yeah you know for his stuff um the music is incredible i there yeah it's 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 so inventive to me it feels like uh even though he's he is rehashing a lot of you know the same the same kind of plot points and s- stories in a, in a way. Um I just love his style, I guess. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Um and when he you know, right after that scene when or during that scene when John is like going back to his bike and he's like you're going to fix my bike and I'm going to wait. I was like, "Oh, that's that scene from once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm. Like that's when Brad, you know, when the guy pops Brad Pitt's tire and he's like, now you fix it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it felt just like that to me. Um, what did you feel about like that scene? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think, okay. Like
0: so... after, after the <clears throat> scene of like, after, I guess after the rape scene where you just like totally out of it, like you, you just couldn't
1: with one. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, it's the rapes in the way that that's handled. I mean, the line don't pass out. You'll miss the best bit. I think is forever going to be like engraved in my head. It's like that is yeah. just one of the worst things that, you know, I've seen kind of thing. Um, yeah. and then, you know, it just doesn't really get any bit. Cause then after that, he puts her on a wagon, frozen down a hill and just leaves them and then his friend gets blown up and he's just you know playing around with his hat i didn't like one. yeah i'm gonna say like, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't care about one at all yeah um yeah. didn't care about anything that happened to him john on the other hand um i i like john i thought that his character was more interesting I like the mm-hmm. backstory, you know how it kind of again how it's interweaved very slightly. It's like trickled down to you, so you you know something that's happened in the past, um, but not sure like how he got to this point. And he's not, I mean, he does work for the IRA or not work for the IRA, but he's you know a terrorist in a way. Yeah, but he is better than one. If that's if that's any con, you know, one doesn't care about blowing up the the silver or gold merchants that he brings down to frame john john is like great now i'm you know wanted for murder yeah you know it's he's a better character to um to latch on to i guess and i did enjoy especially with you know the prison i know we're going to get into the prison scene um but when one is kind of escaping from the prison and sees john and john's like yeah they emptied it out like years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really did like that. Just the you know, he's just playing with him at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, we talked last week about female representation in film, and this week it hit me. I was like, Leone isn't about love; he's about friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, these films are not. You know, they're the the films about male bonding. Yeah, in the most extreme times. And this film just cemented that. As soon as I realized that, this film made so much more sense to me. Yeah. You know, it's it's about finding, I don't want to say a soulmate because that sounds stupid, but finding like a like-minded individual that you can spend your time with. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: He mentions that in the book. Um, trying to find where I put it, but he, he basically mentions that you know, with this film, he finally got to to do like a a more of a friendship story that he had been wanting to do. Yeah, you know that's what the film was about to him.
1: And I, I know that we're going to that we're jumping ahead, but that last line is so great. Which one? The what about me? You know, you just yeah, like that just again just sums up that you know they've kind of bumbled their way through this you know they haven't necessarily intended to do anything of the things that they've done it's just kind of yeah. happened and you just you get that whole feeling that his looks probably run out like he's not going to mm-hmm. be you know around much longer everything else is gone what's he got left nothing yeah. like he's just he's been um reduced to nothing really you know um and maybe that's the point of the film Maybe it's just, you know, hey, I know you hate one, so we're going to take everything away from him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. It's like, yeah, because his whole family dies. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's pretty brutal. And he never gets um, the money.
1: I mean, so far, when people have been yeah, going what for the to gold. The I mean, it's not there, right? They've just moved it. So they don't know where it's gone. They moved it uh, to make room for cells. But Good and Bad and the Ugly um, for a few dollars more. You know once upon a time in the West, they all end up with the quote unquote gold, like what they've been trying to get <clears throat> um and in this you know it's different he ends up with nothing, not a thing yeah it's it was a very interesting trade
0: yeah um christopher Christopher frayling talks about uh in one of the documentaries about how um I mean, there's tons of references to, uh, like World War II, like Leone grew up in yeah. uh, Nazi-occupied Italy, yeah, and uh, the the there's a lot of references, um, to that time, and and a lot of a lot of stuff. It seemed like a lot of the stuff in the movie, like Italian audiences, really understood it more. Than American audiences, um, yeah, especially you, the scene with the bodies in the cave, because yeah. there was a, a massacre where they killed hundreds of people oh and God. left them in a cave like that. Because
1: um, the the opposing troops are very Germanic. Mm-hmm, you know, the, yeah. the, the officer is like, he's kind of, he's thin and like straight and, you know, you can, I don't know if I'm describing this very well, but you can see his like, his cheekbones he's just very you know he looks Aryan to me you know and for a second i had to bring myself out and be like what what time frame is this is it the 40s you know um, yeah but yeah i mean
0: the antony and antony saint john is the actor's name okay colonel guttrees yeah he uh he stood out to me a lot yeah. You know, he's not in the movie a ton, but there's there's a couple of scenes where it was funny to me the way that Leone made him disgusting. Oh, I mean... You know, it's like when he, like, cracks the egg open and he's, like, sucking on
1: the egg. I'm like, who does that? I You're evil. <laughs> I tell you who does that. The okay. egg lady from Pink Flamingos. <laughs> That's who does that, Brandon. You're like,
0: not again. Oh, God. Yeah. Wait, this is... Was Pink Flamingos 71?
1: Was it 71? What is it with eggs that year? (laughs) Oh my God. Was
0: there.
1: (laughs) Let's have a look. 71 or 72. It's one of those. I typed in oink flamingos. That's not (laughs) 72. Okay. So, I mean, maybe that was an inspiration for John Waters. Maybe he saw this and was like, oh, eggs. Um, But
0: then somehow Leone also makes brushing teeth equally as disgusting (laughs) because when that guy is brushing his teeth you're just like
1: oh when are you gonna die i I wonder if leone had a thing with mouths especially like he just found them disgusting because you know in the carriage scene people are eating and they're talking with a mouthful and you can see it kind of Mm -hmm. like swishing around in there you know there's there's the the opposition officer guy (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm not very good with names today I'm sorry um, you you know brushing his teeth and constantly drinking eggs um, <laughs> I mean maybe he's just because you know maybe he's just grossed out by mouths
0: yeah maybe because I mean
1: I am after this film
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> never cut to the mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> Another unless <t-shirt>. you
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. um. So did you read that Eli Wallach, like he wanted Eli Wallach for one?
1: Yeah, I read that. So he he offered it right, and then Wallach kind of walked out of a role, but they'd already cast somebody else. Is that right? Was uh, that,
0: I, I think the studio just wanted someone more famous. That might be Once Upon a Time in the West. Okay, which Rod Steiger was, you know, he had won an Academy Award at this point for yeah. In the Heat of the Night. Uh, uh, supporting actor. Um, which is weird. Like I've seen that, you know. And he plays like a police officer who's like borderline racist. Yeah, you know. And then to see him like uh play a Mexican is like is so weird. It's yeah. it's so weird. But you know, I'm I'm almost glad Eli Wallach didn't do it because it's like I wouldn't yeah. want to hate
1: him. Yeah, I mean, he, Eli Wallach kind of did it in The Good and Bad and the Ugly, right? Yeah, exactly. I but mean, he wasn't... already,
0: it, you know, it was it, like, they wrote this part for <laughs> Eli Wallach. Yeah. But it was like, okay, let's take that character and just go even crazier and more over the top with him. Yeah,
1: Tuco was not a good person, but he still, like, his relationship with Blondie was something that was really great. And you could see, you know, I think this is that's something that's missing between Juan and John. Is that him mm-hmm. and Blondie? There was always that like, like I hate you, but I need you, you know. Whereas with this, it was like, I don't, I don't know what kept them together. You know, I, right. I wasn't sure yeah. what it was that kind of kept them keep going back. Whereas I think in Good and Bad and the Ugly, they really kept that tight. That storyline was like mm-hmm. they just couldn't escape each other.
0: Yeah, because it's a little hard to believe. Like I get that the movie is is aiming for that theme of friendship but it's yeah. a little hard to believe
1: yeah that first hour is just um it's just Rod Stagger's character like trying to escape right yeah mm-hmm. he's just trying to get away from um one he's trying like he jumps on the train he kind of he rides away on his motorcycle he's you know he's just like leave me the F alone and then by the end of the yeah. film he's like I've, we gotta do it for one yeah and it, um, just because he lost his family? Do you think that's the tipping point? He's like, okay, this guy needs me to help him.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
1: Because they yeah. both lost loved ones, so they can like mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but so there miserate. is there is like this underlying theme with with the uh James Coburn character where, you know, you're constantly seeing flashbacks. Um, you know, the first one is is him him riding in a car like his friend is driving he's in the passenger seat his girlfriend's in the back and it's like super slow motion you know the music comes in it's mostly one shot um, and then they start kissing and the friend is like hey you know <laughs> stop it I'm trying to here. drive <laughs> you know being the third wheel in the driver's seat <laughs> whatever that means <laughs> But uh, but I like I really like that fl- first flashback. I was yeah. like when that came on, I was like, oh, "This is this is really good." I like like something with the music and just the slow motion and the way they shot it.
1: It's so was jarring and, to see greenery. Uh huh. Yeah, that's show. true. It's so mm-hmm. like wait, yeah. Where are we? Like, who is this? Yeah. You know. That's true. Yeah. It was
0: also jarring to see a a vehicle to see the motorcycle yeah. when that came in. I yeah. was like, oh, a vehicle. Weird. Yeah. But. Um but yeah, you get that flashback and then you get uh later on you get another flashback where he's thinking back to um uh the revolution, I guess, in uh Ireland. Yeah. Um, which I don't know my history, so sorry if I'm getting any of this stuff wrong. But it's like another revolution back home for him. And his friend that was driving the car and the other scene is coming in with officers and he looks like he's been tortured or beat up or whatever. And they're pointing at people and he's like shaking his head, yes or no. So he's like giving people away or whatever. Um, and I think it cuts there. And then you go back to that scene later where you see, um, John, the Irishman turn around with a gun and he shoots his friend and the officers. Right. Yeah. Um, And then towards the end of the movie, when John is dying, you know he's on his deathbed, he flashes back to another scene with him and his friend and his girlfriend, and they're running. It's slow motion. They're running along in a field. They come to a tree and him and his girlfriend. They start making out, and it's super slow motion. So it's like it. It's I'm sure when they shot it, it was a lot faster, but in slow motion, it's like, wow, they're making out a really long time, and they're. Their friend is like. <laughs> my thought was like, man, their friend is really the third wheel here. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> he's not. Yeah, because then, you know, the girlfriend starts making out with his friend, and you realize, oh, there's like a Menage a Trois thing going on here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out. Okay. What does this have to do with the theme of friendship? cuz i mean he it i mean it has something to do with it obviously like that's his friend then he had to kill his friend so it's got something to do with like betrayal yeah and lo- loyalty or whatever um and i'm like so yeah. what you know did was was it just that juan was like loyal or something to john
1: I, yeah i guess that he just wouldn't like he, he knew that juan would not turn anyone else in you know he got captured he just wouldn't give anyone else up he was like against the firing wall and was like okay i guess this is my time so Mm -hmm. i guess he kind of knew that he wasn't like the doctor he wouldn't um turn on them he was like good you know he was fighting for the right thing i guess um but yeah i don't i don't understand the the whole love triangle yeah. three-way thing going on I mean I did get those vibes from the car ride I didn't anticipate her turning her head and like making out with the driver um but I just don't understand why I mean maybe that's the only way they could fit a female in that wasn't being sexually assaulted <laughs> because you know there's no other female characters in this apart from her you yeah. know you could have easily mm-hmm. you know they there could have been those homosexual undertones but it could have just been those two guys. Right, yeah. You know, and then you could have, like, it wouldn't have to be explicit. And, uh, maybe, maybe it was easier to make those kind of comments if there was a female in it as well. Yeah. In this period of Well, like, when the film cinema. came out
0: in America, they took that out. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean. So, like, the version that we see now is, like, the version that, like, the Italians saw. Yeah. So the yeah. the American version was cut down, but um, yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I feel,
1: you know up until this point, I've every because we've seen this three or four times now in the Leone filmography is you know somebody's past kind of being trickled down to us the viewer, and yeah. and each time I feel like it's become less satisfying. You know that yeah. first time yeah. with Klee's character, you know at the end you're like. Oh, God. Okay, cool. Like, this is, he has a yeah. reason. And then in Once Upon a Time, in the West, you're like, yeah, like, he has a reason, but I don't know, like, how he ended up here. And then with this, yeah. I was like, I don't understand how this correlates. Like, I don't, yeah, like, there's just too much here, you know, to, yeah. I think there is, there is
0: some deeper meaning going on there. And, you know, we've touched on it a little bit, but also there's, there's, a lot still there. I think this is like the 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 Leone film that I I'm so unsure about. Like I I want to say that I'm gonna like it more the more I watch it. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, like uh, I I I, I it's, think it's it's yeah. it's hard to watch Rod Steiger. Like yeah. he's such a presence. Like he's a good actor, mm-hmm. but like it's it's
1: like his. And he plays one really well. I mean, yeah. I
0: mean, but it's just the character is
1: so, ugh, so much. Okay, I want to you know? just go back. He does not play <laughs> one really well. He plays the characteristics really well because I think to play one really well, you would need to be Mexican. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. of that descent, you would need to kind of. I don't want to say that he, you know, he did a great brown face or anything like that. Um, but well, yeah, but like, he's. Yeah, like his, like he commits hard. Yeah, and and, and his he's, speeches are good. You know, you know the way he delivers yeah. lines are really good. There's a lot of emotion in his face. Um, yeah, he does a good job. But this film is
0: almost like it's it's just almost there. It's like if the, yeah. if the actors have been different. This I is mean, f- especially just that one, but it but and then the rape scene had been taken out, and then I don't know. It, it might have just dialed you know, whatever it was trying to do in
1: a little bit better. This was the first Leonie film that I just... Like, it felt the length that it was. For me. I know that last week we talked about him kind of referencing himself and reusing stuff. This just felt like the whole scene with Tuco and Blondie with the bridge just elongated into two hours. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it was just like I like understood where he's coming from and stuff like that but I just it just did not work for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it was the first one that was like this is not like the a film I would go back and watch again. Yeah. I would like ever? I mean, you know, never say never, you know, there might yeah. be a time, but I can I, I mean, if it was a I choice I would go
0: back for it for like I would go back for it just to study like the techniques, like how mm-hmm. how some of those shots were put together.
1: Yeah. I mean there's um, there's things of like beauty in this film. Yeah. There's things, you know, I talked about that shot that's like gone with the wind where it's kind of panning mm-hmm. across and moving back. It's just that is astounding. Um and the, And I did like the music a lot. Like I would yeah. go back to it for that. Morricone is just ugh, I don't I'm know. Always how, killing. Yeah. It's incredible. I just I just can't I can't get past the things that have dated poorly. And not even that they've dated poorly, I don't think, but at this time in Hollywood, like in history of cinema, that rape was acceptable. Or even, you know. No, yeah. Like not acceptable because I know that's a very, I can't get my words right today. But just, I, I just don't know how that came about. I don't know why that was put in. Yeah, because it's played like it's a comedy moment, and yeah. it's like, how what's? Because if that hadn't been put in, and like we'd missed that scene out, and they'd like you know stripped everyone like wore their clothes and put them on a wagon, and I would have been like, yeah, okay, good, because they were awful people. Yeah, they probably exactly. deserved yeah. this. But that scene, I was like, no, 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 yeah. no, And I know we've talked about it a lot, so I apologize. <laughs> it's, uh, I
0: mean, it's 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 like the point of the movie that you, it's hard to. Yeah, I mean it's it's the most problematic part of the movie. I mean, yeah, it is the most problematic part yeah. of the movie. Yeah, I mean that and brownface is just like yeah. Ugh.
1: I did but, enjoy Coben's character though. I think that he's just surrounded by so much like haze for me though. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I just like the fact that he's kind of going with a flow. That he seemed very you know even him riding in with his goggles and he's kind of like whoops and his yeah. like handkerchief over his ma- mouth and stuff is pretty comedic to me i find that really funny just the yeah. image of him kind of you know driving around um he's such a good character like it like
0: in the yeah. you know in a leone way like he he knows how to like create these characters and costume them right
1: yeah and when he actually says duck you sucker you know, he says it the way I want, like that. I've been saying it before I saw yeah. this film. Um, I think they say it twice, right? John they say says it, it I and think then three one. times. Okay, cool. Yeah, because um, didn't he originally want to call it "Duck you asshole"? But they told him they wouldn't. I think I read that they told him that they that America would not release it if he called it "Duck you asshole."
0: Uh, there was a lot of different <laughs> thing. I I think originally there like the title as i said in the beginning of the show has gone through yeah. many different iterations uh i think the the um the italian phrase giula teste uh is actually shortened i i think the whole thing was giula teste co- or something like that which yeah. means like keep your like duck your head in balls or something like that <laughs> like um <laughs> It, I don't it's very confusing all the different iterations of the of the title, but the I did read in the book that Leone thought that Duck You Sucker was a like an American saying. Mm. And one of the producers was like, No, it's not and he's like you must not be American, like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Listen to me, I'm an Italian, I know. Yeah, exactly. He ca he like really thought that Ducky Sucker was like something that people said and you can kinda of see that in the movie, or maybe he thought that like this was gonna become something that people would say. He's like, after they see this movie, like they're gonna say this all the time because it's such a badass line. Yeah. You know, but um You know, he had that big ego, too. He was not going to be told, like, what to not put in his movie. I mean, we've
1: talked about his titles already. You know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West, A Fistful of Dollars. They're not generic titles. Yeah. You know, they're very evocative. Um, So I'm sure... I I do
0: like the title of Duck, You Sucker. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's great. But after... I mean, I I think once upon once upon a time the revolution would have made more sense yeah. as his like once upon a time tril- trilogy, but I'm almost glad that it wasn't named once upon a time the revolution because I don't think this film I wouldn't want people to really seek this film out and watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, like you just I I just don't understand a lot of the stuff. Like I know that you know once upon a time in the revolution. Very similar to Once Upon a Time in the West. A fistful of dynamite, fistful of dollars. You know, at what point does he stop ripping himself off, do you think?
0: Well, okay. So, Duck You Sucker was the name I think that he wanted. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was telling him it was dumb, which it, it ended up being dumb because, well, in terms of marketing, because mm-hmm. nobody saw the movie in America. Um, it did fine. And,. Italy, but, like, he was using an Italian phrase that people knew, yeah, you know, in the yeah. in the Italian version. And then, so in America, the it was the producers that named it A Fistful of Dynamite, because people would know that that was, like, because okay, it was marketable, more sense, yeah. you know? Um, and then Once Upon a Time, the Revolution was the French title, and it right. also did really well in France, so it's it's kind of crazy how much a title can can help the movie, mm-hmm. but um yeah
1: um i did i did think in interesting what you pulled up here about um Coburn working with Leonie like kind of leading on from that just that you know he had been talking to uh Henry Fonda and just mm-hmm. asked him like how he liked working with Sergio and Fonda said that he was the best director he's ever worked with. Which, yeah, you know, I finding especially when he's playing against cast against type, you know, he's he's not the Henry Fonda that we know, but he well he is, but he's like the villainous version, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Coburn obviously does it, and um, it opened <laughs> as Ducky Sucker. Nobody went to see it, yeah, <laughs> um, which is a real yeah. shame, you know, yeah. Um, but I think that uh, that's just, I mean, that's great the other the Fonda thought how great yeah he is. so highly I'm yeah because like, we yeah. could tell that you know Fonda got a lot of the like he was the the main character really and once upon a time in the west um, yeah he got a lot of like the big scenes and um, because of course he's, he's an A-list star but you know just that faith from each other like Leonie's like okay just do what, I, what I'm asking you to do and I'd tell you it's going to pay off. And it did, you know, yeah. and that's the sign mm. of a good director is seeing that. I mean, another, I love Hitchcock. So Hitchcock Strangers on a Train with Robert, Robert Walker. Robert Walker was like the boy next door. And Hitchcock was like, mm, there's something sinister in there. And he yeah. tapped into it, you know, and Bruno is yeah. terrifying. Yeah. So, you know, the great directors can can get that from people.
0: Yeah, Leone did work with uh, Fonda, again, as a producer, I think, on My Name is Nobody. Okay. So Leone did have a, a an extensive um, producing career after this film. This is kind of... To me, this is kind of the start of his producing career, even though he doesn't have a producing credit on this. It was like he was supposed to produce this and then yeah. became director. But he produced seven films after wow. that, he, in between this and... uh. Once Upon a Time in America, he produces seven films, so which is the same amount of films that he directed. So, wow, that's crazy. Um, for the next seven weeks, we're... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 we're going to skip Once Upon a Time in America. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not going to watch those movies. Yeah. I mean, maybe at some point we'll watch them, but maybe not for Film Church. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there... You know, it, it's easy to see how much better this film could have been yeah. if if the circumstances had had been a little different. I mean, even Rod Steiger, Rod Steiger was the the production company's choice. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Leone didn't pick him at all. Like, he, he wanted Eli Wallach. He wrote the part for Eli Wallach. And they were like, why don't you get someone famous so we can market the movie? And it didn't do him any favors because no. no one went to see it, you know what I mean? Which yeah. is so dumb. But, you know, Steiger had, you know, was a different kind of actor. Like, he came yeah. from the actor's studio. He wasn't necessarily method or whatever, but he was very, like, he had his own process. Yeah. Like, he he wanted to do very short takes, yeah, I mean, not short takes, but a low number of takes. Like, you didn't believe in doing more than four takes because you would lose, like, some spontaneity. Know, yeah. um, whereas Leone was someone who did a lot of takes.
1: Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, because the, the Active Studio is a very kind of new era Hollywood thing that came up with the 60s, the 50s and 60s, you know, Marlon Brando and people like that. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, the people he's worked with before Fonda, Lee Van Cleef, all these, you know, not necessarily Clint, but um, these people have obviously been brought up in the studio era where you stayed on set until you got the shot. And it could have been, you know, you are paid to do this work. It doesn't necessarily matter if you can act or not because you've got a studio behind you backing you and like paying for all this publicity. And then there's that shift towards, you know, I need to feel the like every emotion, you know. I need to kind of embody this character to play this character, um, yeah. And I can imagine that for Leone, it just didn't like sit very well with him. But I mean, yeah, we talk about. Well, Go ahead. I was just gonna say we just talked about in the other episodes about how he'd wanted Fonda for the lo- for the longest time. And he finally got him in Once Upon a Time in the West and it like it seemed like the start of aligned line for that film. I think if he'd mm-hmm. been in any earlier, it just wouldn't have worked as well if he'd played those Klink Clint characters or the yeah. Lee Van Cleef character, might not have been, you know, as memorable as Once Upon a Time in the West. Whereas yeah. with this it is just like karma is kind of it, Cut it's up. yeah, it's even in out. He got someone he didn't want um that didn't really help the film. Yeah. Uh yeah, and
0: it also sounds like, I mean, I'm reading into this a little bit, but in the book it sounds a little bit like Steiger was a, a lot like his character in the movie, mm. like very annoying, <laughs> 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 and just drove, like, Leone crazy, and I'm they sure. they got into it a few times, and, um, you know, like I said, the book goes back and forth. It, like, gives all these different perspectives, so, like, there's a point where in, in, in Leone's perspective – He's like trying to shoot this scene and um, uh, Rod Steiger is, is like, no, it's time to go home. Like we're done for the day. And Leonie, this is Leonie's words said that he said. If I want to shoot for twenty four hours, I will do so and I don't give a damn that your name is Rod Steiger and that you won an Academy Award by mistake because you're nothing but a piece of shit and I cordially invite you to go fuck yourself and United Artists. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound like someone but, that's enjoying him being on the set. <laughs> yeah.
0: But but then like in Steiger's version, he's like he didn't say any of that and I left the set. Uh, so <laughs> i went maybe, back to my <laughs> I went back to my hotel like and that was Le- so,
1: leone said that he said that yeah leone said that that so was what he, was, he said he was just you think that was like what it, he wanted was, to say yes i think so yeah 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 because i see that you put here that stagger members no like nothing else after that they would just leave each other alone and i'm yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah but again that do, you know that doesn't sound like two people that were happily work it, yeah exactly you know
0: yeah because even at one point um you know rod steiger even like apologized and was like you know if you want me to leave you know if you want me to to leave and i'll go and and you know i won't i don't know whatever it was with the contracts or whatever he's like i won't uh dispute it yeah yeah dispute it or whatever um I know you're not who I wanted for the character and and then they kind of like squashed it and you know got along after that and just made the movie but um yeah it could have been could have been a really like just a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like I like I want it to be a hidden gem. I want yeah. I kind of want to show this movie to people because there are things in it that I'm like that I like,
1: yeah. you know. But you've got to remember where we came from as well, though, Bran. because like, we started this and we knew that, that the Dollars trilogy was huge. We knew that Once Upon a Time yeah. in the West was massive. We saw Colossus of Roads and were like, I think we found a hidden gem. I think this like, this is a film that yeah. people haven't really talked about. <laughs> so when you get yeah. to another one that people don't talk about, you know, I was the same way. I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to see something that people haven't seen before, like I did mm-hmm. you know, Colossus of Roads maybe. Um, and it just, you know... And then I was looking at, like, reviews and people love it. People, like, some people really love this film. Yeah. And they say that it's beautiful and, like, all about friend, like, you know. Um, all about friendship. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I just know films have done it better. You know, I feel like Once Upon a Time in the West did it better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I know that it, you can't necessarily tell Once Upon a Time in the West because that is just a phenomenal film. But I don't know why you would try. As Leone. I don't know why you would go down this road you know, I know that the Mexican Revolution is different, and like I said, I do enjoy the fact that they're bumbling their way through and kind of saving, you know, doing some good. Um, That part I really enjoyed, but it just, it does feel rehashed again.
0: Yeah, there was something in the book that said, uh, it made a lot of sense, because it was like basically saying that this was like, like he was trying to get out of the West and get to America, a different type of America, yeah, and yeah. cinema, which you can kind of see because it doesn't really feel like a western to me. It, I mean, it starts out like one; the opening is very western, but then, you know, it kind of gets out of it a bit. Like, yeah, yeah. There's no like cowboys, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was uh just trying to get to once upon a time in america i think
1: yeah yeah you can you can tell that with this and once upon a time in the west i mean that the the same drive isn't necessarily that not once upon a time in the west is still a great film you know yeah but you can just see it's kind of it's the same thing but angled a little differently mhm <clears throat> and that that well is kind of at this point well and truly dry i think yeah yeah.
0: I think he was trying to do something different like he yeah. like not necessarily different but he he did recognize that like he was approaching scenes that he had done before and then he and then he tried to do something different mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. you know um yeah but yeah it's just not quite not quite there there are a couple of things that uh I wrote down that i did did like. Uh, in the movie yeah I mean besides all the stuff that we already talked about a couple more things was like whenever John gets shot
1: <laughs> and he's like shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a lot more swearing in this film than I was like than I had been used to in previous yeah, films yeah cause he
0: like says go fuck yourself at one point and he like gives him the finger too yeah. Yeah. it was like yeah it was like a little more modern Only gone wild yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then um when Juan is like shooting the the general guy yeah, and is yeah. like shooting his body with the machine gun and his body just like keeps getting dragged further yeah. by the bullets. It was like this is like a video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he like when Juan goes up to John, when John has like been shot like three or four times, he's like, Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: the typical you can yeah, you can barely hear it film. but it, like the yeah. subtitles
0: pop up it was like you okay what's going on here you okay um you know and no, maybe there i mean it could have been like a translation thing it could have been like you know it was supposed to be an intimate moment where the like the friendship he like didn't want his friend to die or whatever yeah um but yeah it was just <laughs> notably weird. Yeah. And funny. Um and a couple other final thoughts. Uh have you seen any Chaplin references throughout
1: these films? So I saw this when I was looking for our notes and I haven't. Okay. Um which is is, you know, surprising because as soon as I saw this yeah. I was like yeah, that's that's a direct correlation between the two. So, um what are we talking about, Brandon? Um, and this is in the book again, right?
0: Yeah, and you don't have to read this whole thing, but just as yeah, so, much
1: context as you need to give. So as as within The Good and Bad and the Ugly, Leonie reworked a scene from Chaplin. So as one attempts to rob the bank um, in Ducky Sucker, he discovers that it's full of political prisoners. Um, and this is a reference to a scene in modern times where the tramp picks up like a, uh, a red flag that's fallen off a lorry, and he just accidentally finds himself kind of leading a, a union of workers, you know, cause he's chasing after the truck kind of waving it in the air and he yeah. kind of, all these people take after him. Um, and like, yeah, that, that it, it's obviously there, you know? And that was, that is one of my favorite scenes in the film is when he's unlocking the doors and opening them and he's like, yeah. Oh, more prisoners. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. he's like, where's the gold? Um, yeah. <laughs> I found that really, like that was really funny. Um, yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. There's a there's a couple of yeah. He was,
0: uh, like Leone was apparently a huge Charlie Chaplin fan, and mm. there there was another reference in one of the movies i and that I read in the book. I forgot to write it down, but I'll have to find it later. But yeah, I was just I was just wondering if you had noticed because yeah. I know that you're a huge Chaplin fan. You've seen a lot more Chaplin than I have. Um, I'll have to catch up with you at some point, but. Yeah. Haven't you? Re- you've read the biography
1: too, haven't you? Yeah, the the huge is it? It's not Summers. I forget who who wrote it, but it's you know, a, a couple of thousand pages long. Um, Dang. Yeah, that was my that was my book of choice last year, and it's the thing with Chaplin, I mean, we're not going to get into it too much, but the thing with Chaplin is you never just you're never sure of who it actually was. You know, that book is like thirteen hundred <sighs> pages, and you're still walking away like I don't really know who he he was as a person. He's so Problematic, and you know he he had four or five different personas that would come out at different times, and um, yeah, he's not black and white, you know. Yeah, but again, you you make your own mind up, Sam. Yeah, um, but a master. Well,
0: yeah, um, so time it's that part of the show where we guess what we have rated it. What the other has rated it Heyo. on Letterbox. So this is, you know, uh, this is a this is up to five stars. We can yes. do half stars as well. Uh, Letterbox has a social media app for film lovers. So if you want to follow Lewis or I on there, uh, he is at Walker Lewis three zero zero seven, and I am at Selman Scope. And you can see what we've been watching, what we rate things, but uh, we're gonna try to guess what we rated. This film, yeah, I'm gonna say that you rated this film two out
1: of five. Close. It was three. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, like I said, there was, like the direction. I it. <laughs> the, I've been really harsh in this film. The direction <laughs> I really enjoyed, and the bits yeah. that I liked, I loved, and I feel that's like a trend with Leonie Like the things that work were really well. Yeah but one is just too much for me. I just can't, like, I just, I don't think the story's there and I just don't like him at all. Like, I could not yeah. get on board. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a three. I'm glad I've seen it. Um, I don't think I'll be going back to, like I said, I don't think I'll be going back to it very often. Yeah. Okay, so let me guess you. So, I mean, we've, you've been pretty high, I think, with, like, most of these yeah. films, but I know that it's like a love hate relationship maybe with this. Which is, you know, I don't know if you love it yet. Um, I'm going to say three and a half. I think it's less than Colossus of Rhodes. It is three. My God, we're (laughs) we're so alike, Brandon.
0: Dude, we rated it the same. And see, usually I rate things higher than you do. And so that's why I was like, if I'm rating it three, I'm going to low ball it for you. Yeah. But, we agree. Yeah. For once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we agree on a lot of things. Yeah, but. this happens a well lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean why why 3? Um because yeah, I just it was I wanted to love it more, but I like it's it I don't know, feels right. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: just didn't work on the same yeah, level as just, the others, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like maybe maybe if I do go back and watch it, I'll rate it
1: higher on yeah. a second watch. But I mean, just know. look at the four, five films that it's following for us. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not going to live up to those. So, so as well as our personal ranking,
0: yeah. we have been going through and ranking all of the Sergio Leone films um, as like a Film Church Radio. You know, one through seven, one being greatest Leone film of all time. Yeah, seven being not the greatest. (laughs) So, right now, number one is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Two is Once Upon a Time in the West. Three is for a few dollars more. Five is Fistful of Dollars. I mean, I can't count. (laughs) (laughs) What did I skip? I can't remember. I I was ready for six. I was like, wait, (laughs) I I skipped a number. Uh, So, I'll just say at the top is the good, bad, the ugly. Then once upon a time in the West, and then for a few dollars more, then fistful of dollars, and then Colossus of Rhodes is number five. Yeah, uh, which we like all of these movies. Like mm-hmm. we liked Colossus of Roads a lot. Yeah. Um, and you know I'm debating on if it's going to be at the bottom or if it's going to be above Colossus of Roads. Personally, I cannot
1: put it above Colossus of Roads. Yeah. I just, I mean. Colossus of Roads isn't necessarily, it's not a great film, but it's so much more fun than this, I feel. Yeah. Like, you know, it kind of sweeps you up. Mm -hmm. You know, Rory Calhoun is a better (laughs) leading man than Rusty. Standing and walking.
0: I know. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, you know, when I think about it, like, when I think and think and think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I will probably go back to Colossus of Rhodes before I go back to this movie.
1: Yeah. I think, I think as we were talking about hidden gems, Colossus of Rhodes is that, I don't think this is, this isn't, you know, like, oh, I've seen this Mm -hmm. film that not many other people have seen and it's really good. Yeah. You know, it's.
0: And I just, I couldn't like recommend this movie to No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, unless you were, like, a very niche filmmaker and you were, like, doing shots of, like, close-ups of people's mouths <laughs> and, you know, you had some interesting music, I might be like, oh, you should watch this to, like, get some inspiration.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, if, like you said, the only way I think I would recommend it is if, like, a Tarantino fan or something like that, mm-hmm. like, oh, I love Tarantino, I love his films, you'd be like, have you seen but the Leone film that nobody else has seen, Docu Usoga, yeah. there's some really cool, like explosions and- <laughs> yeah.
0: in. Yeah, but I can't think of any scenario where yeah. I'm like hanging out with a group of people and I'm like, let's put this on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 20
1: minutes in, you're like, see? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, cool. So, well, bottom of the
0: list, number six. That's right. Duck You Sucker. And next week, ladies and gentlemen,
1: what are we watching, Lewis? We are watching the film that I'm most excited for, Once Upon a Time in America from 1984. A bit of a gap. Um, 13 years. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I I did a little bit of research. I know that there's like a European cut that's supposed to be the the most complete cut and it's like three hours, 45 minutes. So that's the one I'm going to be trying to track down. I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Yeah, let me know... um, if you find it anywhere, I believe the one it must on... be the regular streaming one, cause... or not because some of the Cause one was only like two and a half hours, I think, and that's okay. the, the the cut American version. Uh, yeah, I can do so. The
0: one on Netflix, there's one on Netflix right now. Okay, and it's uh, I want to say it's three hours and something.
1: Let me have a look. I'm pulling it up right now. So yeah, Oop, I can't do it on there. How about does this one? But yeah, I, I mean, uh,
0: three hours and forty nine minutes. So that would on, be
1: yeah, okay. So the one on Netflix would be I th- I believe the European cut, which is okay. What cool. I read was the most the most complete. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what we'll be watching. I'm glad that you know three hours and forty eight minutes, whatever you said, is gonna it's gonna be a chunk of time. Yeah, it's I mean, gonna be a, a big. I, Yeah, Yeah. our letterbox stats are going to be through the roof. Time watching movies after watching these seven. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Um, Get ready, folks. The last of the Leone series next Sunday. What
1: are we going to do after this, Brandon? I don't know. We'll find out next week. The John Ford season. (laughs) <laughs> every john ford film back to back <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i could do that it made over i it mean, made like 80 i think so yeah we'd be like <laughs> really old and be like
0: i am excited to like do something new me too yeah i'm yeah. excited yeah it's been it's been nice like it's been a nice like this is a director i've been wanting to dive into and Hell yeah and it's yeah it's been great i, feel I just like wish I've there was
1: one. more variety you know mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that we, we we can talk about this next week when we finish it out because I'm sure that you know this is going to feel like a breath of fresh air for us both um but yeah you know I I, I just wish that there was a little I can't bit imagine different... what he
0: would be doing what he would have done you know I mean he died pretty young mm. you know and uh yeah he's the same age as Clint Eastwood so like and Clint Eastwood's still making movies Yeah, so yeah. like I don't you know would have been interesting to see what else he would have done mm.
1: But, I mean, that's going to be all next week. We're going to talk about what could have been, probably. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Again, you can find us on all the social medias at Film Church Radio. Um, please give us a follow and share the show. Let your friends know. Follow uh, me on Letterboxd at Selman Scope and Lewis at WalkerLewis3007 to keep up with what we've been watching All of our back episodes are streaming. Check it out. And, Lewis, I'm a citizen of the United States of America.
1: To me, you're just a naked son of a bitch. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. (laughs) I tried to commit that time. Did you notice?
0: No, it was good. It was good. I was... uh, Try not to laugh, but that was,
1: that was amazing. <laughs> That's what how I want my acting to be, people trying not to laugh. <laughs> the greatest <That's> compliment. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, y'all, go say uh, some film church prayers and reach that cinematic enlightenment.
1: Thanks for tuning in.
0: See you next week.